0: we don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life, uh, gives us the life live. The reality is, He is
1: all things beautiful, capital B, and so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God.
2: Good morning. Welcome to Tuesday, May 10th edition of Real Presence Live here on the Real Presence Radio Network. I'm Karen Giebus, and today I am joined by one of my very favorite co-hosts, Brett Eckert. Hello, Brett. Hey, Karen. We are live here at the Terra Sancta Retreat Center on the edge of Rapid City and nestled in the beautiful Black Hills.
3: No, much more. it's such a beautiful place and an amazing place to get away. I will say that.
2: Yeah, we, we don't broadcast from here very often, so this is a treat for you and It I. is,
3: other than that we're in a room that doesn't really have any windows, so I can't even admire the beauty of Well, you have to turn around. I have around. to turn around 180 degrees in order to see outside. But, yep, yep. Coming from a new location today. This is actually the first time I'm helping broadcast from here.
2: Nice. Well, why don't you get us started with a prayer today?
3: Oh, happily. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we come before you today, grateful for the way that you have touched our lives, for all the ways in which you uh, continue to show your presence in our life. We thank you, Lord, for the beauty the, of our Catholic faith. Uh, to be able to share it with those that we encounter and we just thank you lord for how our faith is continued to deepen every day as we continue to know you more we thank you for this day and for this day uh, of the conversations that we were able to have Uh, may hearts be open and hearts uh, be prepared uh, for you lord and for the way in which you are speaking to us through all all of our actions today we just thank you lord and ask for your blessings we ask this all through christ our lord Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, we've got uh, a great show ahead of us. I'm super excited. And uh, so uh, we're just going to jump right in. That's my thought. I think we just jumped right in. So we got Sister Yvette Mallow uh, from St. Martin's Monastery. And uh, so a little bit of a tie-in is just the beauty of uh, part of the Benedictine Sisters, correct? Yes. And uh, so I am a University of Mary graduate. So uh, oh, the Be- the rules of St. Benedict are are very powerful up at the <laughs> University of Mary. So it's beautiful to hear. Uh, but we have Sister Yvette this morning. So thanks for joining us. Um, it's a pleasure. And we're going to just really kind of throw it over to you because it sounds as if uh, we're kind of going to get the opportunity to hear a little about your story and then also the story of st martin's how it came to be and how it came here Uh, so we're just actually going to just throw the ball right over to you we just love to hear your story in regards to uh your conversion your call by the lord and then also uh, about st martin's and how it how it came to be here in rapid city
1: and the chapel and the chapel i'm very glad to be here actually i'm honored to be here Um, You ask how my religious life started. When I was about six or seven, uh, I went to a summer vacation school, and the sister who taught this summer vacation school was young and beautiful (laughs) and kind and loving. And I said, when I get to be older, I want to be like her. So then... um, when I was uh, in sixth grade, I went to St. John the Evangelist School in, in Rapid City. Now, one of the things about my vocation is uh, I, I was born in uh, Albuquerque. And when I was in, in fifth grade, we moved from Albuquerque to Rapid City. And my brother and I came on the bus, and somewhere along the line... It was my turn to be at the window. And as I was looking up, we passed underneath a hill. And I said, look, Bob, there's a statue of, of St. Joseph. And he said, hmm. And we went on. Well, anyway, that's what happened. Um, as I, And then I went to St. John's school when I was in seventh, sixth grade. And again, the sisters were... Kind and loving, and I said, ooh, when I grow up, I want to mm-hmm. be like them. And I pounded a lot of erasers that year <laughs> so I could be near the sisters. Then we moved to Piedmont, and the uh, when I was in eighth grade, and the parish priest said to me, you know, there's a Catholic high school in Sturgis, and you're going to be a freshman next year. Would you like to go up and see it? And I said, sure. So as we were going ar- along around the area around the grounds, there was a statue of Saint Joseph that I had seen on <laughs> our way down. So anyway, I entered Saint Martin's Academy in Sturgis and uh, in February of that year I asked to enter the communion community. And I entered when, so I entered when I was sixteen. And so in July I will celebrate sixty four years oh, wow. as a Catholic sister. Wow. Mm-hmm. And the history of our sisters coming to South Dakota is that um, our our sis- the three sisters, who are called working sisters, were working for the the bishop in in Switzerland, and um, they established a small community there. And in eighteen sixty eight, um, was when they established that community. And in eighteen seventy four, the Swiss Constitution established several anti-clerical laws. Mm. And the sisters had to take off their habit, and they couldn't make vows in their their community. They had to go up the hill to another community to make their vows. And so there was a danger that um, maybe the sisters would have to flee. And about that time... Bishop Martin Marty, who was a vicar apostolic of the Dakota um, Territory. Um, I think he must have been Swiss. And anyway, he gave these sisters an invitation to come to the Dakota Territory um, to establish schools in America. So five sisters arrived um, uh, in the United States, and the first place they went was to Yankton. And they stayed a year in Yangton to learn English. Now, the sisters in Yankton were established by a community in Switzerland. <laughs> so anyway, a year later, the five sisters arrived uh, in Sturgis. And within ten weeks, they had opened a six-week summer school. And m- most of that was like for music because they brought... Um, zithers and auto harps and stuff. And so in two weeks, we're going to be celebrating our 133rd anniversary of of being in the diocese. So um, they got here in April, and within eight months, um, the first place that they came to was an old bar, and the story tells was that it was so rainy that they had to use umbrellas even in the inside of their house. <laughs> so within eight months, um, the they moved from their temporary home to a new building that was uh, only it was only two stories and it was on top of the hill um, in Sturgis, right across from the um the what is it?
2: It's up on the hill by the cemetery. Cemetery and And the courthouse. Courthouse,
1: Courthouse. that's what I was thinking Mm -hmm. of. Okay, so...
2: So, Sister, I have to ask, is it true that when they were in that one house that there was someone shot into the house and the bullet hit the crucifix?
1: No, that was when they were in the new house.
2: In the new house? In the new one. (laughs) Okay. Okay, I know a little bit about this. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> like a
1: good story. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> so, um, so the sisters opened three hospitals and five schools. And in the 1940s, the, the sisters were contemplating starting a college in Rapid City because they already had schools and all of that. So this valley of 580 acres became available. Mm-hmm. So we just bought the whole thing. So from uh, f- from forty to sixty, uh, there was only the one little house out here that the owners had. Well, we were get- we were starting to get um, more more sisters and more sisters, and the house was getting too small. So we decided to build ter- uh, St. Martin's Monastery down mm-hmm. here. So um, in, uh, so the, when we moved down here, one of the stories that I like to tell is the, the rhythm prayer. And so the day that we, and I was there, I was the last one to make final vows in Sturgis. So I was with the first group that came, came down here. And so in the morning, we had lods, And then after Lodz, we had Mass. And after Mass, all of the sisters grabbed their suitcase and walked in procession out of the chapel and into the waiting buses. And we came down here, and the chapel was not built. And so they parked the buses, and everybody got out with their banners and whatever, and we stood around uh, what the area where the chapel was, and the bishop gave a blessing, and everybody went into the monastery to what's now the dining room, and that was our chapel, and and um, at uh, noon, the sisters were in the chapel. And at 4 o'clock, the sisters were in the chapel. Hmm. And at 6 o'clock, the sisters were in the chapel. Well, when we moved, um, we're going to go ahead 50 years. And when we moved from this place to our new monastery, we had lots in the morning. Then we had Mass. And after Mass, everybody went in procession from the chapel. Most of us walked to the new place, but the, for the sisters who couldn't walk, we had transportation for them. So everybody um, went up to the new place. We marched into the new chapel, and Father Dice was with us, and we sang 589 verses of Holy God, We Praise Your Name. That's a little exaggeration. <laughs> and anyway, Father, Father gave a blessing. And uh, the sisters went to move in. And at noon, they were in chapel. (laughs) (laughs) And at 4 o'clock, they were in chapel. And so that rhythm of prayer and work has um, followed us for the 133 years. Okay. Then, um, so, but now I want to talk about uh, the history of of St. Martin's. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I, I have a little bit of time. Good. Okay, the Terra Santa was a monastery built, we built in the 1960s. It consisted of the chapel, a building that is that was the novitiate, that was this, um, the convent or the monastery, which was at the front, and um, the chapel and the school. Oops, excuse me. Um, when you take a look at the chapel, it's supposed to represent the hills. Okay. It also represents praying hands. And one of my friends came to visit me one day, and I was showing her the chapel, and she said, It looks to me like God's ribs. Oh. So, if those pillars were God's mm-hmm. ribs, they were in the heart of God. That's very I thought, I thought that beautiful. Very, yes. Okay, um, then I have to tell you about the windows in the roof. You notice that there are no windows in the roof here. Mm-hmm. But at one time, there were seven gifts of the Holy Spirit and seven. Um, f- um, <laughs> the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the, like, the Feed the Hunger. Hungry works of mercy. mercy. The spiritual and corporal works of mercy. Anyway, I have a picture here of of the some of the art. Some of them are the artist rendition, and the others are actual pictures of the the windows. And for for me, the windows were they were gorgeous. They were gorgeous to see the sun coming through those windows. It was gorgeous. Anyway, they reminded me of what our sisters were about. Hmm. And Mm -hmm. so if you think of Feed the Hungry, um, old St. Martins fed those who came to our door. We do here too. Okay. And um, so the people, who there there was a a railroad that went through Sturgis, and there were a lot of hobos that came off of that. Um, And anyway, we call them St. Joseph's. And in 1911, the chapel had been built, but there were no, and it was the um, chapel was for the parish and the sisters, and there were no paintings on the walls. And so the sisters were praying for somebody to <clears throat> um, paint the chapel. Well, there was one, uh, St. Uh, Joseph, who came one day, and one of the sisters was telling him about, we would like the chapel painted, and he said, well, I'm not an artist, but I can copy anything. So they gave him pictures, the things that they wanted on the walls, and he went like this, made little lines on the pictures, and then he made little lines on the ceilings and on the walls, and he painted, he copied these pictures. Huh. And he had to be on this scaffold. And one of the fun stories is Sister Clement, who was very fussy. She was <laughs> from the East. She was a novice And she decided that she wanted to see What was happening in the chapel So she went into the chapel to see what was going on And he he chewed snuff And he didn't realize that she was there And he went <laughs> <laughs> And it landed right on her white veil That was the last time she went into the chapel Until it was ended
2: That's good <laughs> Oh, that's okay. funny um, when did, what year did you guys move from Sturgis down here to Rapid City? 62. 62. Mm-hmm. So how many sisters were in the order in, up in Sturgis
1: uh, I that was, you
2: had to move? You guys.
1: Yeah, I was number 101, but there were 104 that moved down. Okay. And when we moved from there to here, there were 30. And now we are 12.
2: Now you're 12. Mm-hmm. Wow, that was a great undertaking to relocate that many. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Well, see, it, it's like most of the sisters, there wasn't enough room for us up there. Right. So the sisters stayed at St. John's Hospital, had, ho- had ho- houses at St. John's Hospital. The sisters who were in North Rapid stayed in North Rapid. The sisters were in the different schools they stayed in Right. The, mm-hmm. And then um, when, the, when they came home in summertime, Thank God the girls were gone (laughs) and they (laughs) stayed in the dormitories for with the girls Mm -hmm. for that the the girls had during the year.
2: So when this you had the school up in Sturgis Mm -hmm. and then when you moved down here to Saint Martin's it was just for the just for the girls, right?
1: Yes, it was just for the girls up there. Okay. In Sturgis. But then later on we changed it so that the boys could come too.
2: Boys could get yeah, my grandpa and grandma graduated from there, I've heard some stories from them when they when they were still alive about their favorite sisters and oh yeah things like that. So yeah, and then when you came down here, you guys had the girls' school down here, right? Yes,
1: mm-hmm. and that big building over there uh, housed uh, two hundred girls. Wow. Was a dorm for two hundred girls. Wow, mm-hmm. that's beautiful. It's, it's used as a um, storehouse right now, but there were two hundred. Uh, well, there weren't 200 dorms, but there were, I think, maybe six dorms. And they had bids Yeah, like that. Mm-hmm. <coughs> mm-hmm.
2: Interesting. So when um, you guys were realizing that you had to move because you had outgrown your space in Sturgis, uh-huh. what was the general feeling? Were the sisters excited to be moving to a bigger location, to a... To
1: it depends on the person.
2: Depends on the person. I would say it would be bittersweet. Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean... Yeah, if you'd been in some place for 50 years... Mm-hmm. That's hard. But if you've been there for five years, and you just made final vows, and you're all full of enthusiasm...
2: <laughs> I think you must be talking about yourself.
1: <laughs> and Sister Mary.
2: Oh, Oh. yeah, right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, I think the St. Martin's up in Sturgis, the chapel, is so very beautiful, mm-hmm. and I think the band r- shelter or whatever is the only two uh, yes. buildings left up there. That's right, mm-hmm. right.
1: Mm-hmm. And and the old school, but that the uh, the courthouse has taken that over. There oh. was a school there. That, that right across that little building across from the
2: um, oh, across the parking lot. Yeah. There? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know that was yeah, part that of it. That was a school. Uh-huh. Oh, that's kind of... It's a grade school. That's kind of neat. I'll have to look and see if I can make that out now with what's currently there.
1: Uh, If you ever want uh, a story about the the windows in Sturgis.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Sister can accommodate that. Oh, well, that's great. Well, I did quite a bit of research on this. And the St. Martins up in Sturgis, the academy and the chapel and even the sisters before as they were coming from Switzerland and things like that. But I haven't done much research about what it was like when you guys moved here and mm-hmm. how the mm-hmm. community, what changed in the community or what you know was different. So when we come back from break, I think I'd like to talk, ask you uh, just a little bit about... Um, some of what happened after you guys moved here that was the changes that had to happen and the changes that just happened because of the move so we're gonna take a break here when we come back we're gonna continue talking to sister yvette from st martin's monastery here in the rapid city area stay with us here on real presence live
0: Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Have interruptions impacted your charitable giving? If you feel like you have less to give this year or are waiting until you get through these recent challenges... We want to let you know about some creative gift options that won't cost you a dime this year. For example, you could designate Real Presence Radio as the beneficiary of all or percentage of your IRA or make RPR beneficiary of a percentage of your estate or specific asset. Make a bequest commitment gift this year without impacting your savings or investments. To learn more about the benefits of making a charitable bequest, Please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. you're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network.
2: Welcome back to Real Presence Live. I'm Karen Gibus along with... Red Eckert. And we are live at Terra Sancta Retreat Center in Rapid City, South Dakota. We are celebrating today. It's the 10th anniversary of Terra Sancta Retreat Center's I guess being here (laughs) opening opening. Yeah, opening. But before that, well before 10 years in Terra Sancta Retreat Center, there was a beautiful order of sisters who (laughs) came, who saw a vision, who built a beautiful building and who made it their own. So we have with us Sister Yvette who was part of that move from Sturgis and the old monastery and the old location to the new location and the new monastery. Mm -hmm. So sister, before the break, um, you had talked a little bit about the windows. You talked a little bit about that move. You've talked a little bit about maybe even the, the, what was happened up in Sturgis. But when you came here, and you, had, you said you had the dorms could fit 200 girls. Did you have 200 girls in school?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: And how long were, did, was the school open?
1: Well, the, the school, like I said, opened in 1880, 1889 with the uh, uh, six weeks of summer school. And it lasted 102 years. 102. And, uh, and then it closed. And then what we did with the buildings after it was closed... Uh, Sister Carol started a daycare center. Okay. In what was the dorms? Wow. And that the dorms became a community center, and they had retreats and every, even, I mean, all kinds of different religions came to have retreats there, and um, and then the school we changed into apartments. Okay. So there were I think there were six or eight uh, low income apartments. In this, in the school, and um, and then they they closed, and it was empty. And then uh, I liked it. We had we decided that we were going to have to to, to move out here, and so we had a um, like a sale, and if you can imagine. Fifty years, 50 women, in a full basement. <laughs> you know how much stuff we had to get rid of. Oh, wow. And so if you go down in Terra Santa to the basement, the the basement goes from the chapel to the garage. I've it's been on, down there. Mm-hmm. It's, it's big. It is big. Yeah. And... Um, but it was 50, 50 wonderful years here.
2: That's mm. amazing. Yeah. So you had mentioned about the stained glass windows and how the light coming in and being uh, able to you know, just fill you, I'm sure, with a lot of joy and it's a lot yeah. of inspiration. Mm-hmm. Can you share with our listeners some more about those stained glass windows?
1: Oh, yeah. the um, I, I wrote this little thing about um, some of the spiritual and corporal works of mercy, and how they reflected what the sisters were doing. Mm -hmm. For example, to feed the hungry. I was telling you about the people who came to uh, have food at the chapel. And in the 1972 flood, um, people came to our doors, um, especially children of working mothers, and we took care of them. And we had a great big... Tower, water tower out here. And this tower, if you ever, it's in Wasta. (laughs) It's not Wasta, but something like that. It's up on the top of the hill. And that was the only clean water in this part of Rapid City. Oh, wow. And thanks be to God, our uh, maintenance man ran up and shut off the incoming water. So that whole tower was full of good water. Oh. And, And we had. Maybe a couple hundred people who came and ate in our dining room, and I have a picture of of one of the older sisters feeding the feeding the hungry. Um, then we we were the housekeepers for uh, the bishop here in Rapid City and in Minneapolis. One of the sisters went to Minneapolis and was a housekeeper for the bishop in visiting the sick. Uh, we made additions to the hospital and school of nursing in 1901, 1908, 1916, and 1925. We had St. John's Hospital in Rapid City. Mm-hmm. Um, the nursing home um, became Rapid City Regional Hospital. We had a hospital in um, Deadwood, and we had a hospital in Hot Springs. The Welcome, Welcoming the strangers, the community center at St. Martin's. We have guest retreats. We sold land to the Good Samaritan Society. We sold land and buildings to the Diocese of Rapid City. For the Instruct the Ignorant, uh, we had elementary schools in Sturgis, Deadwood, Gregory, Bonesdale, Lemon, Rapid City, Baribo, Wisconsin, Casper, Wyoming, and Laguna Beach, California. And St. Martin's Academy in Sturgis, and then in Rapid City from 1889 to 1991. And then we had a College of St. Martin here in this building, from 1958 to 1971, and the sisters taught in colleges in Kentucky and Indiana, and we did summer school and catechism classes all over the diocese. Wow! And sister, <laughs> uh, and sister um, Eleanor wrote the history of the Diocese of Rapid City. We walk by faith. Oh, um, that's her book. That's her um,
2: book. Mm-hmm. Nice. Wow, mm-hmm. you guys were busy.
1: Then, to comfort the afflicted, um, originally we took care of orphans in Sturgis. Mm -hmm. And um, some sisters went to La Paila in Medellin, Medellin, Colombia. I went to uh, take care of uh, adolescent mothers in Santiago, Chile. Uh, We worked with the immigrants in Texas. We helped form the Catholic Social Services and the Church Response. And we helped the Red Cross and the mortuaries in the flood. Wow. And then for counseling the doubtful, um, we had chaplains in the hospital, nursing homes in Rapid City, Billings, Montana, Seattle, Washington, Deadwood, South Dakota. I was the first um, certified Catholic chaplain in our community. But I think now, but I think there were three others who were certified. And then we started um, Epiphany Monastery in Columbia Falls, Montana. And the sisters still do retreats and spiritual direction. So those windows that represented feed the hungry, um, welcome strangers, instruct the ignorant, counsel the doubtful, comforts the sorrowing. Those are reminders of what of what we are we're all about. And then, um, where are they now? They're now. Well. It rained and it leaked. And so we called the window people and we said, come out here and fix those windows. So they came out and they fixed the windows and it rained and it leaked. So what could we do? We took all 14 out. Oh, wow. And it rained and it leaked. It was not the windows. Every time I say that, my heart aches. And when they were fixing up Terra Santa up in the top part up here, I understand they found a phalange that was not put in correctly. Oh. On the roof cap. Yeah. The rough, yeah. And if they had fixed that, we would still have those beautiful windows.
2: And where are those windows now?
1: Well, for many years, they were stored in the, um, where the, below the garage. Okay. And then Father Daish said, well, you know, I'm going to build a new church in Sturgis. Could I, use? I could use those windows. And so he said, sure. Now, I don't know if we gave them to him or what. But anyway, he took them all up to Sturgis and he um, put them in a room until they were needed. And the story goes that one day there was a workman who needed something on the other side of the room and he stepped on the glass <gasps> windows. So, thanks be to God, Father Dyche was um, an artist in glass. And um so uh, he took um, he took all of those and he took them apart, and he put them together. So if you go into the um, church in Sturgis and when you get ready to push the door, look underneath the the door handle, and you'll see the face of one of the people that was in uh, in the stained glass windows, and above the altar, if you look closely. It looks like there's a person with a crown on his head.
2: Yeah, you <laughs> so, kind of have to uh-huh. lean back pretty far, almost yeah. lay on the floor. Uh-huh. <laughs> 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 right, right.
1: So um, anyway, the only, there are two windows that are left in the chapel. Uh, one of them is a facade window, and the uh, facade window um, depicts the story of St. Martin of Tours. So if you look at the window... Down on the right-hand side, you'll see this, this person with a sword. And down over in the corner, there's a poor little beggar. And the story is that St. Martin was uh, a Roman soldier. And as he was riding through the streets of Rome one day, uh, he saw this beggar by the side of the road, and the beggar was freezing. So he whipped out his sword, cut his cloak in half, and gave half of it to the, to the beggar. Well, that night, he had a vision of Christ in his glory. And you can see Christ in his glory in that window. And there are a couple angels on each side. And the cloak in flow, um, is over Jesus' shoulder, and it reaches down and, in, and involves the St. Martin and the beggar, and then it reaches out to the world. And that's kind of like what we wanted to do, reach out to the world. Hmm. The other... Uh, and. That is called, is what's called slab glass. Now, if you go into the chapel and touch the windows, you see that they're thick pieces of glass, and the artists have to have the right thing to whack them and get the, you know, to chip them out. And um, so the... So those windows are still there, and they're, they're slab glass. Then if you go into the Blessed Sacrament Chapel, and you look to the right, <laughs> it'd be north, I think, um, there, uh, there's a, a picture of the resurrection. It's, the, it's a rising sun. Oh. Um, it's the rising sun, and um, so it has wheat and the rising sun. And when that's where we laid our sisters in state, when, when they died and um, five, five minutes and uh, one of the other things uh, there's another um, stained glass windows in, as you come in and I couldn't figure that one out they said that's the Paschal Lamb after the resurrection because of the mm-hmm. sunshine looking back at the cross Oh, and if you if you take a look at the um, the big uh, crucifix in the main chapel, when you're looking at something for 50 years, you start to see things. Okay, You'll notice that there are only two big rocks on either side. Uh, in the whole place, there's only two big rocks, one on the right-hand and one on the left-hand side of the crucifix. And if you look very carefully over on one side, there's a little triangle. And if you look at it, With a little imagination, you see a snake. (laughs) Oh, that goes up to the cross. So that's Mary. Yeah, and John.
2: Oh, so wonderful! (laughs) Wow, that's great.
3: Yeah, it's just uh, as you're kind of telling all the all your story on how this all came to be. one thing that it just like blatantly jumps out to me is the life of the sisters and how incredibly active and in the impact that they've had uh, within this area. I just absolutely love hearing the story in regards to how uh, it reminds us of all the everything that was started because of the sisters. Right? Mm-hmm.
2: right. Are we off there? Like monument? How you know? Like it going all the way to the mm-hmm. hospital and and the big role that the sisters Mm -hmm. played in the community helping the orphans helping teach you know starting however many things on the side that you guys Mm -hmm. did i mean oh what amazing Mm -hmm. work you did (laughs) so it's absolutely wonderful that you guys were able to have such a presence in our diocese from the very start of the before the diocese was the diocese of rapid city
3: yeah yeah. Well, and even in regards to how you said pretty much right when the sisters got here, it was already, it was, uh, I would say all hands on deck and already yeah, starting. Yeah. I mean, you said how long until the yeah, uh, six week summer school e- started Yeah, a couple weeks started and yeah. then and all of a sudden you were already going. So I think it's beautiful to see, uh, the living out of that vocation. One thing that I've also, um, I just, I absolutely love. I mean, we just had um, this, the four sisters who have joined the diocese as yeah. of recently, um, and I just love hearing uh, the desire and the the joy that uh, all mm-hmm. of the religious have. So, um, one thing that I always love to do is like, what has been just the blessings that you've seen uh, throughout the entirety of your vocation? Like, uh, if somebody's listening, why would they say like, "Oh, you want to know what?" Like, that does. There's a lot of blessings to be
1: found. Yes. Yes, and I I think that one of the interesting things is is that, uh, like, each sister, like, has their own vocation, and um, that's what they do best. Now, at one time, um, on the 15th of August, everybody... Uh, went to their mailbox, and they got this slip of paper, and it said, this year you will teach fifth grade in Lemon, South Dakota. Oh, wow. (laughs) Or or you will go to um, have, uh, I I went to um, chaplain school. And then I taught, I I, um, was in a refuge for adolescent mothers, I helped a refuge for adolescent mothers in Santiago, Chile for for thirty years. And wow. one of the stories is one of the one of the girls that was there a long time ago, well her daughter is thirty years old now. Um, we had lunch together and she was with her daughter and her son and she was telling about her life in the refuge and she said, And you were my real mother oh. and the little boy said, that means you're my grandma.
2: <laughs> oh, what a beautiful story to end our interview with. Well, thank you so much, sister, for being with us this morning and sharing all about the history of St. Martin's. When we come back from the break, we're going to learn about what St. Martin's turned into and talk about Sarah yes. Retreat Center. Yes. So stay with us here on the Real Presence Radio Network. When we come back, we're going to be talking to Rini and to, oh, I don't even know. Colleen. 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 I didn't even look. I just know we have guests in the house, so we'll be back right here after this break.
0: Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network.